nothing but trad wife prairie fucking bullshit. Welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club number 30, Marianne and the Great Romance. Uh, did any of you read this before? Nope. Yes. What do you remember? Um, so I remember that this is really a two-parter uh, and it's only, um, it's one of the very few that's like that. Basically, it's the run-up to dun-dun-dun, the uh, the next parental wedding in the sequence because um, I've realised Anna Martin can't get enough of weddings but her like main cast are way too young so <laughs> all of their single parents with the exception of Mrs McGill as far as I can tell are going to get married at some point um, if I if I recall correctly uh, but yeah there were I remember liking this a lot uh, I remembered only segments of the B plot with the Arnold twins in particular the role of masking tape <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remembered that it ended on a cliffhanger, which is very out there. Um, yeah, that was new. I did not remember. I think as an adult, I find Marianne real trying. I find her <laughs> even more annoying than Christy. Um, she's <laughs> she's actually all the Marianne books we've had in the last while have like kind of pissed me off. <laughs> um, uh, and, which isn't great because it is... Um, Anna Martin herself is Whoops. Uh, Anna Martin. Uh, she she kind of identifies close, most strongly with uh, Marianne. I just don't remember her being this annoying when I was younger. She was very annoying in this one. <laughs> um, there's there's we're getting too much insight into her her inner life. Um, but uh, it apart from that, yeah, I've remembered the basic um, plot points, and that's about it. I just realised we have. Uh, I have not looked up the cover art for this one. Ooh. Shall we take a segue? The American cover... The American cover looks like it was kind of badly photoshopped, actually. It's got a bit of a Wordsworth Classics vibe to it. Um, <laughs> like, perspective-wise. Uh, it's a, it's an action shot of um, Mrs. Schaefer, or Mrs. Spear, Spear I suppose, uh, throwing her bouquet and everyone going, uh? yeah. um, <laughs> But it really looks like some of the girls in the foreground have been, like, hastily cut and pasted in from another image. Kinda, yeah. Not not the best of the covers. Yeah, look looking at the UK version here, it's, you know, thirty eight year old Marianne. Yeah, it is abysmal. <laughs> I also feel like we've we've done this before. Like we've talked about this one before, but maybe we haven't. That just that this particular image is so I think it l- looks like another cover, but that's impressive that they managed to make the character look the same two books. They, they in a always row, but... do. Oh the... my god, it's the Eleanor Roosevelt one. We've yeah, definitely yeah. talked about this like off off mic, I think. I think the um UK author or the UK cover artist, while they do manage to make everybody look forty, they also manage to make them look the same. Like they, they do use the same Model faces for the yes. different people. You can identify them by their facial I, features. I mean, I think sometimes. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I've seen that Marianne and other... Co- yes, sometimes it's just so badly drawn, it doesn't work. But um, definitely there is an artist who did a series of them. Like, I'm looking... Look up to Marianne and Too Many Boys, number 34. It's the same really weird-looking face. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they definitely have some consistency with the faces they use. If you know, oh yeah, God, I, yeah, you're right. Actually, that's so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Marianne in Search for Tigger. That's a different woman entirely. <laughs> that's a stand-in. Entirely lucky, yeah. But the bad luck mystery kind of, yeah, yeah. I d- I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one she is in a vintage shirt dress. And, you know, she looks like she's going to get America through this crisis and, like, help construct, like, you know, post-war prosperity and industry and stuff. (laughs) She also looks like she's just inhaled really sharply and is maybe about to make a large speech or emit a a piercing screech. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's not, she does not look like a child who is having fun at a wedding. No. I think we can agree. No. I want her to exhale. <laughs> I can't I can't look at this anymore, I'm sorry. <laughs> um yeah, it's not good. It's not a good cover. Um well, I I mean, which is what we've all come to expect at this point, mm, but it's yeah. they just didn't even try to portray any kind of like child at all. Mm. Yeah. I mean I think the idea the, the British cover is just someone who's just bad at drawing people's faces. Um, which is unfortunate considering that's what most of the book covers consist of. <laughs> yes. And then the American one, it's like someone who's able to draw humans just fine, but just the composition is poor. Yes. Mm. I mean, as always, the American cover like wins by leaps and bounds. Yeah. But... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Aoife, do you want to give us a one sentence summary of this book? Aoife's making interesting faces here. Give me two sentence summary of the book. Richard Spear and Sharon get married and having siblings is hard sometimes. Yeah. Yep. That's there it very is. good. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> That's everything. That's it. That's the book. We can go home now. Yeah. <laughs> good night, folks. <laughs> oh, did you guys notice that this one, the um like it went on and on? In the like, there was no action whatsoever until at least mm-hmm. chapter three, except yes. that Marianne ate a banana. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I missed the banana, but yeah, yeah. Oh God, you missed the best part, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were kept waiting a real long time for the plot to turn up. Yeah, it was it was slow. I like I remember quite enjoying this as a kid. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> It yeah um they like they were sitting on the couch to watch a movie marathon um was the next most like active thing that happened until then they decided not to have the movie marathon after all I know yeah <laughs> they gave up after an hour she was like man I have a captive audience I don't give a <laughs> shit anymore <laughs> like... yeah um they sit down to have a Haley Mills movie marathon because all. Teens in the 90s were super into Hayley Mills, as we all remember. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we just like get a list of a lot of movies with Hayley Mills in them. And then Marianne and Dawn decide that actually they're not up for it. Yeah. <laughs> they give up. And they go and do something else. That was the dramatic plot of chapter one. It was, yeah. We also get to know what they both eat. Yes. Well, yeah, we learned that Dawn likes tofu and Marianne likes things that are not tofu. And I guess that's... Setting up the themes and conflicts of the novel to come in the least interesting way possible. It was so boring. I was, yeah, I was distracted by the fact that um, mom left a tofu casserole in the fridge uh, and that it's implied that Dawn will eat the tofu casserole. But instead, she comes out with a 
What is it? Bean sprout and chickpea salad. A bean sprout and chickpea salad. She sounds lovely. It sounds great. I want some. I would eat that. I'm not, not super into tofu, but I would eat the bean sprout and chickpea salad in a heartbeat. I feel like the bean sprouts would make the chickpeas soggy, but I could be, uh, I could be wrong about that. Um, but anyway, she's going to eat variegated health food. Yes. Like- <laughs> it's extremely beige and 70s. Mm-hmm. Then they go hang out in Dawn's room. But Marianne gets anxious and sad because she's afraid of ghosts and she misses her house and her kitten because she's obsessed with her kitten. Mm-hmm. She's a sap. I did, I did find it kind of endearing that she's like, yeah, so the house is totally haunted and I'm quite afraid of the secret passage because it's full of ghosts. That's just the kind of wimp I am. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think she's being a bit hard on herself. Like, if the place is actually full of ghosts, you're allowed to be scared of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it's more like that Dawn just lives there and is fine, you know? <laughs> well, yes. I've always found Dawn's kind of, like, nonchalance about the the presence of an angry undead spirit two feet away from her head on the other side of a thin partition. <laughs> kind of, like, you know. So it's... Whether he's there or not is moot. She's convinced he's there and she's like, oh my God, this is so cool. I don't think I could live with that on a daily basis. I, I'd love to visit a house with a haunted secret passage. I don't think he's angry and vengeful. That's the thing. He's just there. So it's okay. I know, but... I wouldn't mind if like it was the living room. Yeah. But I wouldn't want a haunted bedroom. No. Like, I, if, if he hung around the daytime, that'd be fine. But yeah, you wouldn't want him popping out next to your head at night. I mean, yeah, I'm exaggerating on the vengefulness. Like, sorry, I wasn't being fully accurate <laughs> there in my description. God, way to misrepresent Jared Mulray, you monster. <laughs> he's going to be at us in the comments and be like, hey. <laughs> I'd say he's cranky more than vengeful. <laughs> Either way, he's undead, okay? Or and he likes vintage whatever. ice cream cones or something. <laughs> Jared Mulray stands are going to come for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be kind of interested to see what would happen there. Um, but uh, yeah, just the, the cat thing, right? Yeah, she is like Tigger obsessed in this book. And like, I'm a cat person. I'm famously a cat person. <laughs> uh, and I think she's like going over the top here. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a bit over invested in this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, nobody is telling her that she can't have Tigger around um, she just like infers this and gets real annoyed about it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's even that she thinks she'll be made not keep Tigger kind of as, I think it's just that little, that thing of like, how dare that person not like the, not like my pet. Yeah, that seems legit. So yes, for the, um, there is a point later on in the book where we learn that apparently um, Sharon, <clears throat> Mrs. Schaefer, Mrs. Spirit B does not like cats, which is new, but whatever. <laughs> um, she doesn't seem like the kind of strong enough personality to have a dislike of a thing, but... I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like an, oh, I don't like cats, as a, like, I'm not very into cat. I mean, like, Dawn was kind of warning Marianne off getting her mother cat-themed jewellery, which, I mean... You have to really like cats to want cat-themed jewellery, to be honest with you. Or be very into, like, weird jewellery. Yes. You know, and, like, and Dawn could have went, oh, she doesn't like cats. Probably she doesn't mind cats. They're fine, I guess. (laughs) Marianne's like, she's a cat hater. Yeah, it's not like she turns up at the Spears house for dinner and, like, kicks the cat when they're not looking. (laughs) Yeah. 
She's going to insist I turn Tigger into a rug. <laughs> I act- Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm thinking about it now. I do. I feel like that's a bit more relatable. That's Marianne, like, feeling like her, her absolutely beloved obsession is being threatened. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, she's just being such a drip in this. Like, she yes, starts she pining for Tigger. She's been away from him for, like, three hours. Yeah. And she gets all, like mopey because she misses him so much she's with her friend hanging out doing teenager stuff and is sad because her cat is at home yes and she's not with him his cat is probably perfectly fine he's probably asleep and hasn't noticed she's gone yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) he's like god thank god marianne's out of the house like i mean i'm fond of her but she didn't give me much in the way of space you know (laughs) she's a bit smothering (laughs) i have to update my blog (laughs) i think what we're saying is like this this is exactly what her dad is like. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's that's a good insight actually. Yeah. <laughs> She's turned around and is parenting the cat in the only way she has ever known. Yeah. <laughs> now Tigger, you can only style your fur in a way that makes you look as young and adorable as possible. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes a ton more sense. <laughs> you can't date until you're at least 16, at which point <laughs> you'll be pretty much ready to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look, I'm pretty sure if Mr. Spear could make sure that, Luna, that Logan Bruno got brought to the vet and taken care of, he would. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so we then have a like full two chapters of just straight up exposition. We have here's who's in the babysitter's club uh oh yeah christy phones up because christy is bored so don talks to christy for a while mm-hmm. while she's doing this marianne zones out and lists all the members of the club for us <laughs> actually that feels plausible as a, it's yeah. less ridiculous than like cycling along or standing in line at the shop or <laughs> yeah. standing outside the door with a hot casserole dish <laughs> <laughs> or sitting at the breakfast table with people clearly going pass me the salt would you <laughs> yes i think it's so charming and terrible that these books never let go of this idea that you need a pretext for this <laughs> and also that it must be done every yeah. book there has to be an in-plot justification for why i'm staring into space and enumerating my friends <laughs> like you could just be putting it into the book without having to have it happen in real time in the narrative, you know? It could just happen. Nope. Other other authors do this all the time. They're wrong, Aoife. They're all <laughs> wrong. It's all the other authors who are wrong. Imagine if George R. R. Martin did this. Like, <laughs> well, Cersei is a real bitch. <laughs> Let me tell you about all these things she did. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It wouldn't start there. It would be literally like, well, he actually does that, only he has the decency to put it in an appendix at the back where it's all the family <laughs> trees of all the Targaryens and stuff like that. Actually, yeah. it would make us very happy if Anna and Martin had had the idea to do the same thing. <laughs> Just put oh an God. appendix at the back. Yeah. Yes. It could be in bullet points even. <laughs> yes. It would save everyone so much time. <laughs> I mean, you do get these little psychological insights occasionally. Um That's true. Like, she did put a lot of work into making it come from each character's perspective, which I do think is, like, yeah. really yes. above and beyond what is necessary. But, like, yeah, so in this one we learn, if Claudia's fashion rating is a 10, then Stacey's must be a nine and a half. It was like, ooh. 
Interesting. <laughs> they are ranked. Okay, yeah. Claudia. Claudia comes out in front at least, and because most most of the other babysitters don't do that. No. Um. They they t- treat them each as separate fashion entities, but clearly Claudia is like just better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe there's a little bit of small town pride going on here. <laughs> I can absolutely buy it though, because like. Claudia is inventive and is making her own clothes and whatnot. Yeah. And like, yes. you know, she she dresses insanely, but she's doing her own thing. Whereas Stacey, you know, she's stylish and everything, but she's not creative. Yeah. Oh, no. I like, <clears throat> I oh, absolutely yeah, I believe that. It but is. it's good that Marianne is yes. like yeah. thinking that way. Marianne recognizes that. Stacey yeah. probably wears a lot of labels. I yes. have to assume. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I like um, uh, Mallory and Jesse. They're both very talented. You should read some of Mal's stories and you should see Jesse dance. I'm like, hmm. Well, we have we have proven evidence from previous books that Jesse is talented. This is really the first time anyone has thrown Mal a bone. We know she likes to write, but nobody has <laughs> <laughs> said maybe yeah. Marianne actually sat down and read some of Mallory's stories. I don't know if the others <laughs> would have put the effort in Marianne would be the only person sensitive enough to bother doing that in fairness (laughs) or maybe the only person that Mallory was like I'm going to give you some of my stories read them because I know you'll do it (laughs) (laughs) you won't be mean about it yeah yeah that's important yeah she doesn't say well she says that she's talented but you should read some of Mal's stories doesn't actually express much of a a judgment doesn't say because they're good (laughs) you you just should read them just to know what we're all dealing with here (laughs) yeah oh and then there's a nice little bit that you know we know that racism is better now because uh you know there were very few blacks in Stony Brook, which has been hard on Jesse. I know, right? Yeah. Which has been hard on Jesse, but she's adjusting. And so are some of the people who originally gave the Ramses a hard time. Racism's over, guys. It's fine. They're, Isn't that nice? Few. Well, they're working on it. Yeah. yeah. They get, they're not over their racism, but you know. Okay, uh, isn't it heartwarming? Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah I, I, that that phrasing was very jarring to read. Actually, yes, it really like, was. <laughs> oh, great! It it comes up a lot, actually. Like really? this isn't the first time. Yeah, that's uh, the first time I remember. I, I hadn't noticed it before, but I could no, well believe it because I usually yeah. skim the sort of ex- these chapters. So yeah, yeah. We then get the info dump about how what the club is and how the club works and everything. Uh, we get the tidbit that Marianne doesn't know whether to call Christy's mom Mrs. Thomas or Mrs. Brewer now. Um, <laughs> rule of thumb, I'd go with the name of the husband she's currently married, married to. <laughs> or, you know, ask her. Yeah. Come in and be like, yo, Elizabeth. <laughs> or I, I thought that used to freak me out when I was a child, reading books set in more or less the current day where everyone called their friend's parents Mr. and Mrs. last name instead oh, of just calling them by their first name like a normal human. I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, my approach to this problem was to um, speak politely to them and never ever use their name. Yeah, like, same. and just come up with some kind of workaround in yeah. every situation. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, uh, which exactly. sometimes just never calls them. Like when you're a child, you're speaking directly to them, so you don't need to address them by name, or oh, yeah. you're talking about them to another person, and you say so and so's mom or so and so's dad. Easy. Yeah. Problem solved. Okay, chapter two. We're, no, I know we're, we're on chapter, chapter three. Two. We're on chapter three. They're in the meeting. Marianne's telling us how the club works. Christy is reading the notebook. Also, I just love that this started with Christy uh, 
going in, it's like, presumably, I imagine her bursting through the door. <laughs> okay, I'm here. The meeting can start now. It's like, wow, so you're not actually genetically related to Karen Brewer, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same energy. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the step tree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, she sat, Christy sat in the chair reading through the club notebook. This is the first time we've ever seen anyone reading the notebook. Yes. <laughs> like, actually in uptime. We know that they read it. Yes. But, yeah. It's never happened in front of us. Yes. Christy is stressed out because they're there early and Dawn isn't early. Um, and... <laughs> yeah, it's 25 past. Like, yeah. chill out, Christy. Yes. Yeah. We get a nice bit of continuity, which is that Marianne remembers Claudia's leg is broken and mm -hmm. sometimes it hurts when it rains. I like that. I think I'm just going to yeah. like when they have shout outs to yeah. Claudia's broken leg forever. I was happy about that too. That kind of becomes a recurring thing. I remember that from multiple books. Although, to be honest, I read this so often, I might be remembering this one specifically, but I think her leg continues to be a, a weather forecast device for the, <laughs> the first able. So yeah, we, we get a whisper plot at the very end of this chapter, which is that <laughs> Mrs. Arnold calls up and she wants a babysitter for Marilyn and Carolyn, who the club hasn't seen in a while, and they wonder how the twins are doing these days. Dun dun dun. Wow, there's going to be babysitting in the Babysitter's Club book. <laughs> you know, finally. <laughs> so Marianne turns up at the uh, the twins' house. Um, They're looking very different these days. Carolyn is expressing herself by having got a mullet, which <laughs> just is a source of unending delight to me. Just describe describe the hair, though. Do you have that? Like, yeah, of yeah. course, of course, I have it highlighted. Uh, Carolyn got her hair cut short, very stylishly, with longer curls down the back of her neck. She does not use the word, but this is a mullet. Okay, when was this book published? Um, I think eighty nine. Yeah, so the word mullet is much later than everybody thinks it is. Mm -hmm. um, there's a so there's a, a so I'm not going to spoil it. Decoder Ring do a podcast on this, which is so fun. You should all listen to it. Um, but yeah, um, people, this is a collective cultural hallucination. People think the word existed in the 80s, but it's early 90s. Huh. It's not attested at all before um, before it was invented. Basically, I'm not going to spoil how that happened. Um, uh, but people are like real angry about this because they remember it, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Um, the hairstyle has been around since like the 70s. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't called that. But it wasn't called that, but people remember it being called that. Um, so yeah, she didn't have... I was like, when you mentioned, you were like, haha, Carolyn Arnold has a mullet. I was like, oh my God, did they use the word mullet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because no. if, it had, if it was attested in the Babysitter's Club, that would be like, that would just upend all of like modern mullet studies as we understand it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm afraid mullet studies is unharmed by this text. <laughs> yeah. They just it's it's described but not named, yeah, which yeah. is what you would expect. In this time period, it's really associated with hockey players. As well. <laughs> so yeah, go on. Sorry. Interesting. Um, yeah, Carolyn is like being a cool girl these days. Um, Marilyn is is being very like preppy. Um, I still mm. have real trouble picturing these girls as being eight. They just don't read like eight-year-olds at all. Yeah, they read 12 to 14, yeah. really. Like, older than the babysitters who are babysitting them. <laughs> or, or like, at least 10, for sure. Like, yeah. kind of mature 10-year-olds or something. They do not sound like eight-year-olds. But anyway, um, Carolyn is off being with her cool friends. 
um <laughs> Haley Braddock and Vanessa Pike. Okay, Vanessa <laughs> Pike isn't cool, but um she's yeah. cooler than Marilyn, who's like <laughs> I think just having a phase of being like aggressively dorky right now. <laughs> <laughs> we can relate. Also like Vanessa Pike yes. is, is nine. So when you're eight that automatically makes her makes her cooler. Yeah, that's, that's true. Even if she does speak in rhymes. <laughs> They're all on about par for coolness, really. <laughs> yeah, which is not. But <laughs> but Carolyn's going out and living her life. And Marilyn is staying home and telling Marianne about her cool new friend, oh, yeah. Gozzy Kunka, who comes from <laughs> yes. a faraway foreign country and has lived all over the world and has eaten snails and frog's legs and rice paper. Uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is not as exciting as snails. Ew. Rice paper. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Snails and frog's legs are the standard foreign food white kids are scared of. Yeah. <laughs> rice paper is like, he gets sweets wrapped in that. Like, like it's very I had had rice paper. Low stakes. By 1989. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's, in a it's... small town in Ireland. <laughs> it's very bland. I like her list of um things that are not from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To go with the foreignness. Where's she from? She's from foreign. She's from yeah. foreign, yeah. She's a citizen of the world. <laughs> Marianne absolutely takes this entire story at face value. She's a chump. Marianne is such a chump. Marilyn tells me that once Gozzy and her family were on a plane and a man said he was going to hijack it. It turned out he was only fooling, but he got arrested anyway. The plane made an emergency landing in Brazil and a whole bunch of police officers trooped onto the plane and arrested him. They had to carry him out because he made a fuss and wouldn't walk. Gozzy's family was too upset even to eat the meals on the plane. (laughs) Marianne falls for this hook, line and sinker. It is Dope. impressively detailed. It's like it Brazil. She clearly thought this up beforehand. Or, yes. or maybe it's based on a movie or something. But Maybe. Or like a news story from the time or something. But like, mm. I, I also love that her benchmark for trauma is they were too upset to eat the in-flight meal. I mean, in that case, I've been traumatised plenty on flights. I know. We, we all have. Apparently we've all had it really tough. It doesn't count if the food itself caused the trauma. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that is mostly the cause. Yeah. So yeah, Marilyn and Carolyn are like on the outs. Um, Carolyn says she's making a club with Haley and Vanessa and Charlotte Johansson um, and they're only going to let certain people be in it. And I, not Marilyn, and then they competitively draw pictures um, and argue over which parent is going to like which drawing better. That sounds um, like eight-year-olds. Yes, yeah. that does sound like eight-year-olds. Um, and Marianne is perplexed. Then she goes home and love bombs Tigger for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this the chapter in which we get the really super salad? Which yes. is my next thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so she's um she she's making dinner, which is her job, as she has mentioned before, uh, and she gets out the ingredients for a really super salad, which I'm gonna I'm gonna list now is lettuce, carrots, mushrooms. I'm sorry, Eva, is this is this okay? No, no, it's fine. Okay, uh, red and green peppers, cucumbers, olives, celery, hard boiled eggs, and these salty things my my father likes called sun dried tomatoes. <laughs> Very exotic. Like I actually like pretty much all of that separately but that is a disaster of a salad 
that is like it's literally just all the vegetables in the world that's like yeah what eggs olives mushrooms celery like just I, i i object to this salad i'm i'm picturing it looking like sad and wilty and having no dressing on it at all yeah i'm i'm upset by the lack of like a dressing or anything spicy or like the 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 salt, the sun-dried tomatoes are kind of the only saving grace of it. But like, please tell me there's some olive oil and some vinegar and maybe no. a bit of mustard or something. No, like, definitely not. It 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 seems like a very dry salad. I think I would like, if it was like lettuce and cucumbers and maybe one other ingredient, I would expect that as a really low end salad of the kind that you get at the in the motorway cafe on yeah. the side of your sandwich. <laughs> like, and that would be fine. This this is like. This is bizarre. Although I suppose it's like maybe a teenager who's been put in charge of making dinner and is like, there's a lot of things in the vegetable drawer. Yeah, I can buy that being like, (laughs) well, vegetables in a salad are good. So more vegetables in a salad is more good. So I'm going to put all the vegetables that we have, even the ones that are supposed to be cooked like mushrooms. And I was going to say, I don't like mushrooms. Do people put raw mushrooms into salad? I haven't really noticed that ever. So, but I'm, I like, I'm, I'm picky and I don't actually like salad dressing. So I would, you know, be happy that I could just pick the bits I don't like out of the salad, like the celery and the mushrooms. But yeah, it's the carrots. It's going to be grated. I don't mind raw mushrooms, but it is a very like retro concept of salad that has raw mushrooms in it. Um, But the grated carrot is going to get on everything and ruin it. (laughs) Good to know. I love a bit of grated carrot in a salad. I must remember never to give you any. (laughs) No, no. Look, if you, anything you cook is fine. Like, I just assume you know what you're doing. (laughs) Like, I am a better cook than Marianne, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, There's no I, question. Not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm allowed to toot it a little bit and say that I'm better at salad than this. <laughs> you are. You, 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 you made a salad dressing that I ate and didn't hate. Did I? Yeah, I remember when um, I went out to McDee's dad's house. Did I make a salad Vin- dressing for Vin- you? Vinaigrette. I knew you hated vinegar. What was I doing giving you salad dressing? I feel really bad now. It was a gamble. Yeah, but like... It wasn't too vinegary, and it was fine. Huh. Well, I guess everything worked out. Yeah. I think I probably would have preferred it if there had been nothing on the salad to dress it, but, like, other humans don't do that, so I was okay with this. (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot. I was very overheated that day. It was the middle of a heat wave, and I was not thinking straight. Oh my god, it was so hot. It's okay. No, I think you apologized at the time, but it was actually fine. Like, genuinely. Good. <laughs> well, that's good. So, um, Marianne's dad uh, says that Mrs. Schaefer is working late, so why don't they get Dawn over? So, they get Dawn over, and Mr. Spear is being weird. Um, they eat in the dining room, and he lights candles and uses the good china. For Dawn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... You said that like it was for Jackie Radowski and the place was going to burn down. <laughs> I would have been seriously weirded out if my parents had said, oh, you should invite Esther over when I was 13 and had got out the fucking good china and candles. Lit the candles, I would have had a panic attack. I think I probably would have been charmed that we were doing a fancy dinner and not really connected it to the fact that my friend was visiting in any way. I don't don't think we did fancy dinners unless it was like 
Christmas. And, yeah, and no, that was fine. Like same, <laughs> but like I would have been like sometimes we, sometimes it happened. So I would have been like, I guess we're doing fancy today for some reason. <laughs> Can I have coke with dinner since it's apparently a special occasion? <laughs> and I would have been happy. Yeah, Mr. Spear is being super weird because <laughs> his the, the reason they're having a formal dinner is that he wants Dawn and Marianne to help him plan a different dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Spear is such a dork. I love him. Yeah, it it the actual once you find out what his reason is, it's adorable. Like Yes. <laughs> but on the face of it, it's nonsensical. Yes. And like had he so yeah, so he's gearing up to like ask Mrs. Shaver to marry him, basically. Yeah, as as all of us who aren't Donna Marianne worked out real real early on in the whole um, the whole thing. But like, it would have been so adorable if he had asked the daughter's permission. Yes, <laughs> oh, that would also been so sweet. It would have left him way open to like. <laughs> rejection of a kind that he really doesn't want to have to deal with <laughs> That's so true. i can see why he didn't actually do that but it's it is nice that he made it sort of formal <laughs> he ma- sense, he's so making like... a fuss but he's like yeah let's let's take your mom out to like, a nice restaurant for her birthday <laughs> Shay Maurice? have we had Shay Maurice before i don't think we have i don't think we, we have we subsequently get it um a lot i definitely remember it's the only restaurant in stony book as far as i can tell except that there's the place that like bart and christy don't go to because they're marooned in an, a haunted house yeah there's a diner or something <laughs> oh, yeah but, and then there's Shay Maurice. yeah yeah <laughs> they're so generic this sounds like the restaurants that would be in a town in the sims <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so they come up with a, a convoluted scheme where Mr. Spear gets a client to ask Mrs. Schaefer out to a business dinner, but they're going to do a switcheroo and it's not a business dinner. It's a family dinner for her yeah. birthday. I, I felt so uncomfortable about this. <laughs> I was like, oh, this plan is like, oh, like, don't, don't bring your proposal into her work life as a surprise. That's like don't do that the the potential for it to backfire was high but it all works out yeah like but like seriously though stay out of your wife's job that is not your role <laughs> i mean i think the client is like a mutual friend of theirs yeah, or something. They, do, yeah. they do clarify that later on yeah. like he's a, yeah. he's also a, a buddy but like that's problematic too like <laughs> a, a client <laughs> is this someone you have to sell stuff to who's also your friend oh i don't i don't like any of this but anyway it does work out fine it yeah. just <laughs> They don't need yep. boundaries in Stony Brook. It's fine. No, that's true. It's probably too small of a place for there to be any boundaries. It's yes. like Iceland. <laughs> there is no separation of church and state. There's only 700,000 yeah. people. Um, it is very cute that Marianne asks her dad to order a bottle of champagne for the grown-ups <laughs> and they can have it in a silver bucket of ice by the table. And she's like, she fully knows she and Dawn aren't getting any. She just likes the aesthetic, yes. which is very cute. I, know, I, I think they're basically, Marianne and Dawn are just sitting there going through every movie they've ever seen with a fancy dinner in it and being like, yeah. and we're going to do all of those things. Yes. A yeah, red that's, rose. That's delightful. Yeah. And like Mr. Spears, like, okay, you guys. <laughs> and he takes all their suggestions, which is hilarious as well. Yeah. Yes. It's very sweet. It's so sweet. I love it. He's like, I am getting cooperation out of teenagers, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Plus, you know, he does want Don on side, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, also, hilariously, Marianne is like wondering why he's making such a big deal over her birthday, 
and is it a special birthday? So she asks Don how old her mother is going to be and like avoids her father's eye because he knows she knows he think he would think it was terribly rude to ask a lady her age. <laughs> oh god, he's he's so retro. He's so unreconstructed. <laughs> like, but at least it calls it out like cuz in the original books that would have just been like of course dad thinks that's rude it is. But now it's like dad is so old fashioned. He still thinks it's rude to ask a lady her age. <laughs> I'm like cuz this was published in 1990. I'm like yeah that this seems to make more sense like some of the yeah worries are a little more up to date except he also hates the word hey. Yes. And and he like gets real mad when like Marianne interrupts him briefly Ooh. and he yeah. like repeats himself to make it clear and I was like oh that's so passive aggressive god he would find this podcast so distressing to listen to <laughs> oh he'd hate that I also like the fact that Marianne's thought here about you know she's 43 well it would make sense if she was 45 that would be a significant birthday it's yeah. like I don't think I don't think once 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 you're past your 20s no it's not the fives are not very exciting fives don't make a difference now no oh <sighs> But I mean, she's right. 43 is really a nothing birthday, but yeah. it's almost like he's got something else in mind altogether. Mm. <laughs> Don and Marianne talk about what presents to get Sharon for her birthday. And Don is like, I'm going to get her a day planner. She really needs one, <laughs> which is very passive aggressive. Even if Sharon said she wants one, I feel like what happened is Don said, hey, mom, I think you need a day planner. And Sharon was like, okay. Yeah. She doesn't seem like the kind of person that is going to use it. She'll she'll lose the day planner. Like. Yes. Dawn has been aggressively like roasting her mother throughout the book for things like, so apparently she finds one of her shoes in the vegetable drawer. <laughs> yes. And like, they make a lot of who have at that and various other things that Sharon has recently done, which are admittedly kind of weird. Um, But I, she just, I think if you're, if you're storing random items in the fridge that you were wearing. A day planner is not going to solve no the day planner is just gonna end up in the salad drawer yes (laughs) like this isn't gonna work you know what it reminds me of actually so i'm on a discord someone shared this thing it was a screenshot of a so a friend of theirs who's going through an adhd assessment at work and sent them this that they got as part of it motivation Shifting mindset around motivation. Name blanked out could try to avoid the assumption that she must have the motivational feeling to do something in order to do it. For example, rather than putting off an admin task due to not feeling like doing it, name blanked out could take the first step to actioning the task and do it because she can. Like, Have you tried not having ADHD? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah, but have you tried just acting like you have executive function though? Like, (laughs) Instead of not doing the thing... Have you considered doing the thing? Yeah. Like, like uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I considered it for several hours. That's part of the whole That's why I'm process. here. Like, yeah. Like, I think if I could just do things, I wouldn't be getting assessed for this, would I? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what the day planner is here, I think. It's just like, yeah. Dawn's mom is not going to be capable of using this. Lack of a day planner is not what's been holding her back up to now. No. Mom, you should be more like me. Yeah. <laughs> I would love a day planner. <laughs> to be fair, I can't really blame Dawn. I know. Because Dawn is 13. Yeah. 
And, and she is having to pick up all the slack. Is having to do all the household organising. Yes. And uh, like maybe the day planner is part of a, a separate set of things other than Dawn leaving her, uh, sorry, um, <clears throat> Sharon leaving her stuff around the house. Yeah. Maybe it's like she needs something to record her appointments in and also she sometimes puts stuff where it's not meant to be because she's distracted. Those are maybe yeah. unrelated, but... Maybe. Maybe maybe she will use a day planner. Maybe actually a day planner is the thing that it's small and it fits in her hamburger pocket and she generally has it to hand. Like, I mean, I I, I, I stop being anywhere near as much of a disaster when I got a smartphone because it... looks extremely sceptical. <laughs> always in my hand and my appointments are all in it. Mm. Yeah, but a day planner isn't, you know, a dopamine machine in the same way that a smartphone is. Also, Dawn, like, Marianne suggests getting a nice pen to go with the day planner and Dawn is like, oh, she'd definitely lose that. So I think Dawn is deceiving herself about the day planner. She yeah, won't true. lose the day planner, no, but the but pen... Definitely yeah. would lose a pen to go with it. You know, even though lots of day planners have a little elastic strap to hold a pen in, she definitely <laughs> yeah. couldn't possibly get it together. Uh, yeah, Dawn is kind of unhelpful here. So yeah, yeah Marianne suggests yeah. Um, cat jewellery. Well, she says, oh, I know, a nice piece of jewellery. Great, exclaimed Dawn. Maybe a pin shaped like a cat. I saw a really pretty one in... Forget it, mom doesn't like cats. In fairness, this sounds like Marianne has a specific thing in mm, mind. And I Dawn suppose. is just like, yeah. veto. Yeah, and, and then Dawn also kind of shot in that, how about a book? I don't know, she's picky about what... Yeah, Dawn is quite like, no, no, no. Yeah, then no. there's a really weird like exchange here. Um... Don shrugged. Mom and I are so close, that's all. I guess it's hard for me to be understanding when someone has the wrong idea about her. I jumped off the bed and faced Don with my fists clenched. I don't have any wrong ideas about her. You make it sound like I think she's some sleazy old... I don't know. Sorry, said Don, not sounding sorry at all. What is this? <laughs> I have that highlighted as well. Oh, no. It, this is insert that escalated quickly gif like okay yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing that's i didn't i didn't know what was going on here when i read this as a kid but marianne is like i didn't call your mom a whore <laughs> yes <laughs> like <laughs> like that that clearly sounds like what marianne is hinting at and i don't know what anyone is talking about here i i mean i have to assume like that marianne sort of assumes that having the wrong idea about someone is euphemistic yeah yes <laughs> yeah yeah and but and don't literally meant your gift you, ideas are inaccurate yeah like you you don't know my mother well enough to pick a good gift now don is also being really unhelpful yeah i i know because i do this sometimes where i'm just like no here's why that idea is bad no that's why that idea is bad no that's why that idea is bad no that's why that idea is bad and they makes the person want to kill me um <laughs> Like, it's really unhelpful and it really annoys people, especially my husband. Um, but what Don has not done is gone, like, stop slut shaming my mother. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And her, yeah, and like, she's been kind of snappy about it, like, the forget it, but. Yeah, S- some sleazy old. Yeah. Sle- sleazy? <laughs> what? Where did this come from? Like, the only possible thing is that Marianne has this kind of percolating at the back of her mind that somebody who would date a man, in this case 
her father is some <laughs> kind of a slut. <laughs> she did like, say that Sharon really loved dating. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a whole thing about like how Sharon's um she dated a whole bunch of men, but it was only because her friends from work kept setting her up. Yeah. It was like you you know you don't have to go on dates. <laughs> I presume that the they there were single people around, she was like, Yes, I would like to get back into the dating scene. Yeah. Set me up. She didn't like she's not a passive like No. <laughs> she she clearly enjoyed dating for a while. Yeah. But yeah. like Yeah, I this bit is so confusing. And sorry, said Dawn, not sounding sorry at all. I just think they're having two completely different conversations because yes. I feel like Dawn would actually be mad if she thought Marianne had impugned her mother's honour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> um, instead of just... And the word sleazy. That, uh, sleazy? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very particular choice of word and it's completely baffling. Like... Is, is, is cat jewellery slutty? I don't know. <laughs> is a pen to go with your day planner slutty? American listeners, please weigh in on this. <laughs> yes. Is there some kind of cultural baggage we're missing here? Because <laughs> honestly, we got nothing. Um, then Marianne is upset because Tigger is upset by the fight. I hate it when mom and mom fight. <laughs> How can they talk about Mrs. Schaefer like that? <laughs> then they talk about Gozzy Kunka. <laughs> And Don mm. similarly buys the whole thing. Also, I like that Don thought that Logan Bruno was a pretty weird name. She's not wrong. No, it is. <laughs> Bruno's a bizarre last name. Yeah. Lads, we don't talk about Bruno. But um, that will be deeply like <laughs> um like out of date reference by the time yeah. this goes out. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <clears throat> but yeah. The Dawn is also partly suckered in by the whole Gossy Gossy Kunka. Kunka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These girls have no guile whatsoever. No. The, like the the real fear of foreignness that we saw displayed by the Pikes yeah. is like really? Like I just don't expect this necessarily off the babysitters club who seem to not it's not that weird of a society compared to what we're used to, but they, they're like, oh my god, frog's legs, oh my god, courgettes, what the hell is that? That's <laughs> terrifying, there must be spies. I will believe literally anything you tell me if it's about someone who you say is foreign. I will just assume literally anything is potentially true about them. Yeah. They're very um insular. <laughs> like, I don't think I would have believed that at the age of, no, I wouldn't have at the age of 13. I might have at the age of 7 or 8. But I wouldn't have believed that at the age of 13 no in a smaller than stony brook village in ireland you know (laughs) you would potentially go oh that thing is foreign that's something i don't know about okay fair enough things are different yeah in other parts of the world not like (laughs) they're terrifying and disgusting yeah because they're (laughs) unfamiliar they eat courgettes they're probably spies they have a fax machine (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse goes around to the Braddocks. Um and Carolyn Arnold comes around to play with Haley. Um, which is basically a pretext for everybody to go hang out at the Pike's place. And there is the usual Pike bullshit. Yeah. As as Karen has termed it. <laughs> this entire chapter was the Pike's Place sardines. Yeah, basically. Mm. Then they talk about Gazi Kunka. None of the other kids have heard of Gossie Kunka. Carolyn has, but nobody's met her. 
Stop they it. all kind of accept that she might be a real person. Yeah. Nobody is remotely suspicious. She's just this friend that nobody's met. Yeah, even though she's apparently in the same school. Yeah. As all of them. But, uh, and would be in Vanessa's year, I think. I think um, yeah. Marilyn was like, oh yeah, she's a year older than me. That's why they don't know her. But Vanessa doesn't know her either, so. Yeah. Jesse has the self-awareness to realise that Stony Brook, Connecticut is a weird place for international diplomats to live. <laughs> Jesse wins the Genius of the Book Award. Yeah, as always. Jesse's from New Jersey, so she has a, a wider perspective than these <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah. Hey, Stacy didn't think, think uh-huh. of this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fair. but I'm sure Stacy's perspective is well, if I can end up in Connecticut, anyone, no matter how sophisticated, can end up in Connecticut. Oh my god. That's an excellent yes. point, actually. <laughs> okay. Next chapter, Marianne is back at the Arnold's. The twins are bickering uh, irritatingly. Mm-hmm. Marilyn is saying it would be nice if it never rained. Carolyn, like, girl explains to her about like the hydrological cycle and <laughs> agriculture and stuff i was like god kids don't do that and then i was like uh they yeah, some kids would absolutely absolutely that level of do. i'd have done yeah. that i'd have done that <laughs> and this is twins yeah so, yeah i've okay, known many children who'd have done that in my time <laughs> I've been one of those. Oh my god, then Marianne introduces them to the world's worst board game that she invented herself. Marianne's Game of School. (laughs) Even the title sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally a board game of school. Um, Marianne is zero crack. Yes. This is just... So sad. You roll the dice and have to do things like take extra gym or go to the principal's office or here, if you land on this square, you get straight A's and you can move ahead 10 whole spaces. The object of the game is to make it from September all the way around to the board to June. The first person to do that is the winner, which like doesn't even make sense because you don't win school by getting through the year faster. Yeah, everyone just like time passes. (laughs) Everyone gets to June at the same time. And in a very unrealistic move, both Marilyn and Carolyn are like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that one of the moves is uh, teacher makes a mistake and you correct him. Move ahead two spaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That is a very Marianne move. Yeah. yeah that's a... <laughs> not all teachers are gonna... That's not gonna be a benefit to you in every... Situation. No, it's not. I definitely had some teachers who did not take well to being corrected by me <laughs> when they made mistakes. Hard same. <laughs> but yeah, the twins are all over this game, which sounds like just insufferable. I may have written a nerdier board game. Ooh, do tell. I didn't foist it on a captive audience. Yeah, so I did it. I created a linguistics board game, which I played with Eva actually. Morpho syntax. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. You guys called it morphosyntax. I never actually gave it a name. I was thinking wordology might be kind of more fun, but it's still incredibly nerdy either way. More marketable. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be marketable. It was meant to be like to teach remedial first year linguistics to my remedial first year linguistics class. Okay. <laughs> um, and actually it was kind of good crack. <laughs> to yeah. Say to, um, like Brian worked out how to play it and he never took linguistics, which I is one of my, <laughs> one thing I was like, yeah, it must've been a good game, but actually he just will play any board game that you put in front of him. So <laughs> yeah. In your defense, you didn't call it Karen's game of linguistics. No, that's true. 
No, that feels weirdly like what's the term I'm thinking of here? Like egotistical? Conceited isn't quite right. <laughs> like self-centered. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the game of school, it's Mary Ann's game of school. Don't confuse it with all those other games of school you've heard so much about. I mean, nowadays Karen's game of linguistics would be one where like you make words and sentences and then call the police on some like unassuming <laughs> randomers that's the game of karen linguistics it's different (laughs) okay anyway yeah it apparently marianne's game doesn't suck fair enough it obviously does because getting talked in class means you go back 10 spaces i don't think she's thought through the game balance very well yeah that seems like quite a penalty yeah she was saying there was something that you go forward 10 spaces as well like that seems like how many spaces are there in this game that doesn't seem Probably 500 because it's Marianne and she has yeah, like no idea. How fun works. Literally a space per day from September to June. <laughs> At least that has some logic to it, I guess. I don't know. She's, like, she doesn't even have detention on there because she's never in, had that serious of an infraction. No. <laughs> yeah. She can't conceptualize this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like if getting talking, caught talking in class is 10 is equivalent the negative equivalent to getting straight a's like what the hell <laughs> i think this reflects how bad she would feel if she ever got talk- caught talking in class yeah get- if you get caught talking in class you get told to stop talking and the class moves on yeah you don't get put in the chokey <laughs> <laughs> like even i got caught talking in class yeah <laughs> i wonder if this is one of those things where um We've got some unreliable narration going on and actually the girls hated this and it was a living death. <laughs> Probably. They decided to, uh, um, that it would be preferable to go upstairs and argue instead. <laughs> yes. Which they actually do quite swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fancy that. Yes, they go up to the room and have a big fight. Marilyn says that Carolyn goes off and leaves her alone and won't play with her. And Carolyn says that Marilyn is being clingy and bossy. Marilyn says that their mom likes Carolyn better because she's popular and smart. And Carolyn says that their dad likes Marilyn better because she's musical. And Marianne gives them a big speech about how they're different people and people aren't going to treat them the same way, but their parents love them. And then they like fail to have a tearful reconciliation and Marianne is really put out, which is hilarious. God. Yeah, I was aiming for catharsis here. Like, yeah, she's not... Marianne is correct, but the girls have no way of, like, or or inclination to listen to her. Yeah, <laughs> No, well, you can't just talk a pair of eight-year-olds out of having emotional issues. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just be like, actually, girls, everything's fine. So... No, but, like, I still... I do the same thing with my kids who are even smaller. And it's just like, I have to lay down the theory... Even yeah. though I know in practice what you want to do is kick and scream, but I have to also like give you the. But you like, also know you're going to have to do it like a hundred times before it sinks in. Yeah. Mariana's yeah, expecting an instant result from this, though. Yes. yes. And she's like, where is my hallmark moment? Exactly. Why isn't there emotional music building as I say this? <laughs> I like the recognition that it didn't work and she's annoyed about that. Yes. I love that. Like, I love that she knows that was what she was aiming for. And, <laughs> and it just doesn't work. So yes, then we get masking tape. Oh, yes. yeah. Marilyn divides the room uh, in half with masking tape and says that they can't um, cross the line and they each have to stick to their own half. And then Carolyn points out that she's um, 
walled herself in and can't get to the door now. <laughs> you know what? Um, Marianne says, they didn't have the big emotional scene I'd been hoping for. I wanted them to hop off their beds, meet in the middle of the room, hug and apologise. Uh, instead, uh, Marilyn said, well, if I'm so different from Carolyn, then I don't want her sharing my room. Uh so uh, Marilyn had marched to her desk, opened a drawer and taken out a roll of masking tape. So I think Marilyn has been planning this. I think this is the big emotional scene that is the inevitable outcome of Marianne's speech. <laughs> where she's like, right, is this, this is when we're going to do it. This is when we're going to do it. And yeah. she gets the tape out and then, ooh. <laughs> and ha- but she hasn't actually thought through the logistics as is like, yes. clear here. No, she can't get out. <laughs> But also, she has all the clothes and Carolyn has to wear one outfit for the rest of her life. This stuck with me more than anything else in the book. Um, I think I was confused that this didn't happen in the book where we met them previously. Ah. Uh, Ah. It's like, oh, didn't we have a whole masking tape scene? (laughs) Well, we finally got the masking tape scene of your dreams. (laughs) Yes, it's good to have that closure. Marianne is horrified by the revelation that sometimes sisters have fights. Uh, Mm. She had always dreamed of having a sister and they would be best friends and they would never have fights and they would talk about boys and their parents and uh, she's absolutely shook at the revelation that that's not actually how it works all the time when you have siblings. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what resonance this might have for anything in the future in Marianne's life. (laughs) It's some subtle foreshadowing. I snark, but actually I love that there's a B-plot again. Like, I really missed having a thematic B-plot. Fair. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's good. I enjoy when they do this. Uh, (laughs) She makes them to... She makes them put the masking tape away. Uh, Marilyn's (laughs) not happy about this. (laughs) She's like, I just... I don't want to be the person to explain this to your mother, so please put the masking tape away. (laughs) It would be pretty embarrassing to be like, okay, you left me your kids for three hours and (laughs) now they hate each other and they've divided their bedroom in half. Sorry. There is a continuing sense throughout this book. Um, So they get hired by the Arnolds a lot um, and it's really seems to me like um, Mrs. Arnold is like, oh Jesus, (laughs) you know, whenever the girls get too much to handle she calls the babysitters club and just schedules a couple of hours when she can be away from them (laughs) and it's somebody else's problem i have errands to do yeah she's like oh there's another project going on at the school yeah that's what's happening bye (laughs) and by which i mean my children are having some sort of emotional crisis and i'm sick of them so (laughs) and by the school i mean them all (laughs) i mean if a safe and reliable babysitter was this cheap It'd be awfully tempting. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Oh my God, like pre-pandemic. Yeah. This can be someone else's problem. <laughs> this is like the the, the child-rearing equivalent of um, takeaways. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to outsource this for today. I just can't. <laughs> That's, it's, you know, and sometimes the Babysitter's Club solve long-running family issues. So. That's true. Sometimes they'll turn up and do counselling. Sometimes they'll try and your kids will end up hating each other even more. But <laughs> very occasionally they'll tell you that you're the problem and you need to solve it. Um, <laughs> but mostly that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> And it's a lot cheaper than family counselling. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, they go to the fancy restaurant for the fancy dinner at Chez Maurice. <laughs> Don and Marianne have been very excited about this. They got dressed into their like going out clothes that afternoon and wore them to the babysitters club meeting, which has like got Christy in a bit of a mood. <laughs> oh yeah, because Christy is like not involved in this, and yeah, in fairness, she's feeling left out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and also they're probably being very irritating <laughs> yes yeah. they're being so annoying god yeah i recall an art class from like literally this is more than 20 years ago now in which two girls in our class were planning their beach trip which they would do later on in the week uh in great detail next to me and i was like i'm going to fucking kill you yeah <laughs> this could not have been any later than 2001 i'm still annoyed <laughs> oh, wow. about this like oh my god and then we're gonna change into our cute little beach outfits I remember the cute little beach outfits. I bet they don't even remember the beach trip. No, they don't. I'm absolutely sure they don't. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have some sympathy for Christy here because yeah. they will not shut up about this. Yes, that's fair. In fairness, though, if I was actually offered the chance to go out to a restaurant for a fancy meal, um, I would probably get changed at like 5pm. And oh, yeah. tell everybody that that was where I was going right now. It's yeah. been so long, guys. Oh, my both yeah. perspectives are extremely understandable and yeah, I thought you meant at that age, but also, yeah, God, right now. Just also right now. now yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No assholes here. It's, mm-hmm. everyone is being understandable. Um, also, this book is apparently sponsored by Laura Ashley. Don is wearing a flower dress in the Laura Ashley store at Washington Mall and she looks very cool. Uh, we will go into like mm. all of the Laura Ashley talk later on but like there's a mm. lot of laura ashley in yeah. this. <laughs> um definitely so yes they go on to the restaurant marianne is wearing clear nail polish uh she's not allowed to wear colored nail polish because yeah. mr spare um i love how marianne has gone through in detail the plan for the restaurant with us the reader <laughs> yeah she like this is one of the very few occasions where like the whole thing is if you tell somebody the plan, then it has to go wrong, right? <laughs> like, no. you know, you can't explain the heist in great detail and have it go according to plan. Um, but in this case, she's like, <laughs> they have it, the whole thing set out. Like, uh, so they've, they've like lied to the restaurant about being the Humboldt party. I were part of the Humboldt party real early. Could we be seated now anyway? Yeah. And then when Mrs. Schaefer arrived, she'd say, hi, I'm with the Humboldt party. And the Major D would lead her to our table. Mr. Humboldt would never show up, of course. <laughs> so cloak and dagger. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I love that, actually, yeah, this is the one case where, like, Marianne just so excited she can't, like, help telling us about this. Um, yeah. And, and it actually goes according to plan. Yeah, it all goes fine. It happens exactly like they expected it would happen. <laughs> and it's fine. Um, they get balloons delivered to the table. Uh, Mr. Spear brings a uh, red rose. They have good china. The bottle of champagne is there and a bucket of ice. Bucket of ice. Oh my God, I want a bottle of champagne and a bucket of ice on the side of a table. Like, <laughs> I want to be part of the Humboldt party. <laughs> Let's do that when we can like go back to a restaurant. Yeah. We'll just book it in the name of the Humboldt, the Humboldt party. party. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Mrs. Schaefer turns up. They all have a lovely time. Um, they When they get dessert, the waiter brings a birthday cake. And there's an engagement ring threaded onto one of the candles. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> I am always, anytime a ring is put into a trepidatious position for the purpose of having like a fancy proposal, I get <laughs> like, like, oh no, someone's going to eat that. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you know, I, I didn't like oranges, the, the new black that much because it was just like, oh my God, this like main character is so fucking annoying. 
why can't we just get rid of her and have all the other characters? Um, but there's a scene, the proposal scene where her um, her boyfriend proposes to her at the beach with the ring in a plastic Ziploc bag. I was like, yes, <laughs> this man is a keeper. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm going to, this, this ring is going to go missing unless I do this. And it's so unromantic and it's so practical. <laughs> you should do it this way. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hate seeing rings put in places. Someone's going to eat that ring. It's in a cake. Oh my god, I can't look. <laughs> it's fine. This is not that kind of book. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for the ring. It's all right. The ring goes on her finger. Covered in icing. Just sticky. Yeah, you know? that does seem kind of gross. Um, Waxy. Yes. There'd be like a sugary residue. <laughs> but yes, they... Uh, they are getting engaged. This is not a surprise to Mrs. Schaefer. Well, she wasn't expecting the ring and everything, but um, they had already talked about getting married. Yeah. I was really glad to to see the conversations. Oh, look, they have obviously discussed this a lot. Good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man, surprise proposals. No. No, no. Uh, <laughs> apparently, um, Brian showed me some youtube video of somebody being proposed to at a big match over the like loudspeaker yeah the jumbotron um and i was like what kind of a agent would do this and like this is back in like 2011 or something and so he cancelled all the plans he had for proposing to me (laughs) oh no just and proposed to me alone in our bedroom (laughs) oh okay Um, oh was he planning a big public one he had a big he had a a big thing planned and he was like you know no no she doesn't like this and he he like completely changed it over and good thing he sounded you out yeah but i'm also like it's great that he he adapted as well to the situation because yeah no it would have been fine because like i was obviously gonna marry him anyway Um, yeah but i think it's the ones where they have clearly not discussed whether they want to get married or not. Yeah. The ones where it's like, yeah, we've talked about it. We, we're talking about the fact that we're going to get married, but we haven't done the formal proposal we're engaged now thing. Yeah. That can be okay if you know that yeah, the yeah. other person will be into it. But like... And they want a big show and that'll be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, the ones where like, it's just someone kind of going, this is our third date. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the other person's heart breaking. <laughs> Eva was shaking her head, looking very sort of sorry alarmed. Yeah, this is a visual medium. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, the awkward silence probably does the job just as well. <laughs> That's your yeah. point, actually. Yes, it's true. But yeah, luckily that does not happen to Richard Spear because we could not take it if Richard Spear's heart got broken. He's been yeah. through enough. Yeah, I thought this was going to be the proposal, and I was like, oh, Richard. Even though I knew how this goes. Um, but it's not a proposal. It's a officially telling your two teenage daughters that you're engaged yeah. Yeah, at a party, which, um, again, they're not being asked for their permission, but no. it is kind of a nice degree of ceremony. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. Yeah. Really yeah. Lovely, inclusive. Like, that was very thoughtful of Mr. Spear. Well done. Yeah. Yes. And he's really read the room correctly, and he has got the champagne and the rose as were requested yes by the girls yes (laughs) yes yeah he's like he has made them feel included and it's it's all very nice um although as we will see this sets an awkward precedent later on (laughs) yes it does (laughs) we're not doing all the things that you guys want no (laughs) there will be no hot air balloon (laughs) (laughs) yes we've planned your wedding for you here's what we think swans 
an <laughs> army of swans. Yes, Don and Marianne are very excited. Mrs. Schaefer says that she's very happy that Marianne's going to be her stepdaughter. Mm. And Don is not delighted with that remark. I think it's the because Marianne has just given her the ring. So she was like, oh, thanks for the planner to Dawn, and then teared up at the ring because it was Marianne yeah. put a lot of thought into getting something very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Marianne's gift um, is, I had finally found a present for Mrs. Schaefer. It was jewellery, but it was not a cat. It was a charm that was a replica of the Stony Brook High School ring. Christie's brother Charlie had gotten it for me at the SHS store where they sell school supplies, etc. I thought Mrs. Schaefer could wear it on a chain around her neck. I'd chosen it because I knew that years ago when she and my father went to SHS, dad hadn't been able to afford a school ring for either of them. So Mrs. Schaefer had never gotten one. I figured the present would be full of meaning. Like, yeah, that's real meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> has blown the day planner out of the water. <laughs> like, um... I was like, damn, Marianne, that's a good present. It is. You know, I struggle to find presents that are that meaningful <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so Mrs. Schaefer is like, oh my God, Marianne. And Dawn is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> In, like, yes, I understand Dawn's perspective, but Marianne has not had a mother. No, like, yeah, like, I let get her have this. Why Dawn yeah. is upset, but also shut up, Dawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not Marianne's fault that you gave your mother a day planner she's going to lose. <laughs> and after boasting how well you know her. Ooh. Yes. It's like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then Marianne starts to worry about Mrs. Schaefer hating cats and mm. also that what if actually her dad is not compatible with Mrs. Schaefer because he's tidy. He's a neat Nick. <laughs> he's a neat Nick. Yes, that's so quaint. <laughs> so yes, she frays. She frays. She frets. <laughs> yes, she does fret. <laughs> she doesn't fray yet. Then they decide to do a big reveal at the club um, so they don't tell anyone that their parents are getting married until the Monday and they announce that it's going to be a special club meeting and even Logan has to come. Although they don't bother inviting <laughs> Shannon because <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody is dating Shannon. So well, no. I think nobody likes Shannon except Christy. Yeah, yeah basically. And Christy kind of is really trying hard because Shannon is a neighbour and that's yeah. fine. We can just all deal with that yeah. dynamic. <laughs> just amuses me that they're like oh yeah Logan he's one of us really uh, Shannon technically whatever <laughs> so yeah Christy is annoyed at them for being excited because the club is a formal organisation which is <laughs> like Christy crossing the line into self-parody <laughs> she's, she's become fully Monica Geller here I think rules help control the fun exactly <laughs> yes. so they Finally, when they get a lull between work calls, Christy allows them to drop their bombshell and they tell everyone about the engagement. And everyone is very, very, very excited, except for Christy, who is feeling a bit left out. And Marianne has done an incredibly magnanimous thing mm. and slips her a note about how, like, this doesn't change their relationship and Christy is her first best friend and she loves her, which is very, very, like, thoughtful and yeah. sweet it's like yeah oh finally some evidence for how sensitive and nice marianne is yes yes actually yeah rather than good. just crying yeah <laughs> she actually channeled it into something constructive which is very sweet yeah like she knew in advance this was going to upset christy she had the note ready to go yeah like that was really mm -hmm. lovely 
Yes. And yet having the fact of having thought of Christy's feelings in advance also adds to the whole yeah. thing yeah. as opposed to like yeah. waiting until Christy was sad yeah. about it. And that noticing. that is impressive. A very few adults are like that together. I like, know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it would never have occurred to me <laughs> oh, no. to do anything on that yeah. scale. No. If occasionally if I think of something like, oh, this is a thing that my friend will be sad about, like I'm like, oh my god, I'm forgetting something else crucial. Like, I'm literally, I have used up the brain space for this to forget <laughs> about my mother's birthday yeah. or something like that. You know, <laughs> I, I just, you can't do that many things at once. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, Mar- Marianne like wins a theory of mind here. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, then, then we talk about siblings some more. Uh, they... apparently they're difficult to have uh, around the house <laughs> apparently sometimes siblings don't get on according to Mallory and Jesse and everyone else who has siblings <laughs> um, Mallory helpfully describes that families, kids and families always tease no matter how much they love each other sometimes the target of the worst teasing can change in my family it used to be Vanessa I guess because she would make such a pest of herself by talking in rhyme now a lot of the teasing is directed at Nikki and when I first got my braces, the triplets called me Metal Mouth for two weeks. Mallory, this is a bad example. This just shows how your family is shitty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah, we take turns harassing each other. It's great. Yeah. It's healthy and normal. Mm. Um, but yes, the uh, the moral of, of this chapter is that sometimes siblings don't always get on. TM. This whole book is foreshadowing for the next book, if yeah, I recall right. correctly, yeah. which I, I do actually remember bits of it uh, when we switch to Dawn's perspective and learn how she felt about this whole uh, sequence of events. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> next chapter, Christy is babysitting her siblings and the siblings aren't getting on, shockingly. Oh, this is... Sorry, yes, I know this is a theme of the whole thing, but can I just say that Karen Brewer needs to be fired into the sun? Oh my god, she's awful in this. Yeah. She's like, this is not a good illustration of sibling rivalry. This is... That's... It's kind of... Psychopath Yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I normally love Karen's whole deal, and like, yeah, I have no patience for her in this. Yes. Um. So yeah, she's being a brat. She's being horrible to Emily Michelle who can't help being a toddler. She like what tries to throw out her like I'm the middle sister t-shirt and put it in the dog bed uh because she doesn't like being the middle sister anymore. They should have uh, taken her up on that. Yeah. <laughs> they should have put her in the dog bed. <laughs> put the t-shirt in and see how you feel about that in 12 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they hate me. They did that to my t-shirt. Oh, Karen. Sorry. I'm very sensitive to anything that anybody does to Emily Michelle. I, I know. No, Protect fair. Emily Michelle. No, absolutely. I'm so angry about this. She frames Emily Michelle. She throws a bunch of cookies on the floor and then blames Emily Michelle for it and tells Christy that it was all Emily Michelle's fault and gets her like put in a timeout. And I'm so yes, angry. I know. Also, like... Time out, 10 minute timeout is not suitable for a three year old. No, it's way it's too, long. too long. No, like, like tell her off on the spot yeah. and move on. Yes. Like, it, t- 10 minute timeout is like, it's one minute per year of age. Exactly. Like, like <laughs> no, 10 minutes is 
ages and like even Christy is like I really don't feel right about doing this but I guess I have to do something so I guess I'll do this yeah. trust your instincts yes. Christy <laughs> and I can just imagining poor little Emily Michelle just standing there bewildered and crying and not able to explain yeah yes that she'd been a victim of injustice <laughs> yeah but like she knows yeah and she's just like bewildered and upset and oh my god poor little Emily Michelle she probably has no idea who Karen is because she doesn't live with her. She's just a kid who's in her house sometimes. Oh, yeah. She's only there like on the weekends and every second week and stuff. That's true. Like this is. Yeah. yeah. Although the, the <laughs> Karen's parents have fucked off somewhere on a business trip TM. So <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, probably around true. a lot more. But um, it just, yeah, it, I'm just so mad about this whole chapter. Like, I know. It's <laughs> terrible. Like. Yeah, Karen just completely sucks in this chapter. Anyway, yeah, when when Karen discovers that Christy has taken the bait and actually punished Emily Michelle, she herself is upset and does yeah. and cleans up the cookies and is like, "Oh, I'm a bad person." And yes, yes, Karen, you are. <laughs> yes, today you were. Yeah, yeah, that was a really shitty thing to do, Karen. It was. I hope you've learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, she she's consumed with remorse. Uh, and rightly so and then she gives some baby toys of hers to Emily who in fairness has got over it really fast because she is a toddler and what she just she just needs to be like minded and reassured and yes she's kind of moved on from it but but still I'm still mad on her behalf yeah. yes absolutely I am less stressed out on David Michael's behalf yeah. <laughs> because uh David Michael is out of the house when Charlie turns up with his like terrible new secondhand car that he's just bought and everyone goes for a test drive in it and David Michael is furious that they didn't wait for him to get home before they did this so he tries to put up a no parking sign so that Charlie can't come home in the car as it is it wasn't like a test drive it's just that Charlie had to drop his friend home oh yeah and everyone got in the car with him so it wasn't even like that he was like let's all go for the first drive of my new car he was like I'm dropping Patrick home and people were like oh can I come for the spin Mm. yeah Dave and Michael can get over himself, quite frankly. He's, yeah. he's very angry. Um, But when he puts up the sign, Charlie didn't miss it. He took the hint too. He let the other kids out of his car and then took Dave and Michael on a special ride of his own. Like, Charlie is good at this stuff. He is. Charlie you know, is a very decent Anytime fella. we see Charlie, he's like, you know, he's he's fully, he's not just an, a grown-up. Like, he's kind of a grown-up who's used to dealing with lots of smaller people. <laughs> yes. He really is. Like, good for Which Charlie. makes sense. He is the oldest yeah. of a bunch, so yeah. 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 <laughs> um, he is, in fact, a nice sibling to have. Yes. They do exist. Top-tier big brother. Even, even if he has bad taste in cars. <laughs> yes. Christy is clearly like, oh, oof, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I'm really assuming this was what was in his budget, you know? I think the parents are like, yeah, good, good for you. You, you're, <laughs> yeah, you fix that car up. Yes, well done. Yeah. <laughs> this is um on on the record as being worse than Christie's granny's car, the pink clinker. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, yeah, no, it's good not for even him. pink. It doesn't even have <laughs> that going for it. It's grey. <laughs> um, there's one other thing that occurs in this chapter, which is I think for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, where um. I think Andrew and David Michael are in the living room with the curtains closed, playing a game in the dark called The Wandering Frog People. And that rang a bell at the very back of my brain. And it was like, oh my God, I think The Wandering Frog People is never explained, but it recurs. I think so too. Books. Amazing. And I'm like, that's so delightful. 
don't tell us what that is about. I don't want to know. The reality could only disappoint. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it, it clearly doesn't require figures or yeah. figurines or anything. It's just a props. Yeah, an ongoing meme game yeah. that happens in Stony Brook. <laughs> I love it. So yes, next chapter, um, Dawn and her mom are coming over to Marianne's house for dinner. Uh, Marianne is running through bridesmaid dress concepts in her mind. <laughs> um, oh she, yeah, I guess this isn't an outfit spoiler because it's not an outfit that they end up actually wearing. Mm-hmm. She wants to wear a long pale pink dress with a lace collar and a straw hat with a pink ribbon around the hat and hanging down her back. Uh, she realizes this is not Don's usual taste, but then maybe there's hope because Don bought a dress from Laura Ashley, so maybe she can mm-hmm. be like coaxed into this like cottage core look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's it. Marianne wants like a cottage core outfit. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, um, is aware that this is not California casual particularly. But God, she would be so happy with the dress rails in most high street shops right now. It's nothing but. <laughs> trad wife prairie fucking bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> she would be all over that yeah um yeah so they get chinese food in um much hoo-ha Ugh. is made over the fact that they get a meat main and a vegetarian main because the shafers are there and you know it's a metaphor for their blended family or whatever they're going to get um cold sesame noodles yum Eggplant and garlic sauce. Yuck. Let the Schaefers eat that. Sweet and sour pork. That was for dad and me. And something called imperial vegetables oriental that even I said I'd eat. Oh, Marianne. That is a vague description, which is like, I have to assume that's like, whatever the fuck vegetables are left over in a sauce. I think it's the stir fry equivalent of the super salad she made earlier. (laughs) So yeah, so they sit down and... um, they, Marianne and Dawn just go on a complete rampage of <laughs> wedding planning. Oh my god. It's it's an amazing sequence. It but is. Like, I love yeah. it. It's, <laughs> it's. I was skimming through it going, how long does this go on for? <laughs> I know. So, so when we were slightly less hungry, Dad said, okay, about the wedding. And there's a barrage. There's like... <laughs> 12 pages of the girls going ooh and this and this other thing <laughs> I love like first up Dawn's like so what church are you going for and Marianne goes our church is so pretty dad and it's got the longest aisle of any church in Stony Brook which is like Marianne with the stupid historical facts again I love it why does she know this fact but then that's important said Dawn because mom your train will look gorgeous going up and down a long aisle <laughs> And then they they just tag team in and out with facts. Yeah, and then they're like picking random babysitting charges to be the flower girl. Yep. (laughs) And like what bow ties the ushers should wear. (laughs) My father and Mrs. Schaefer had stopped eating and were just staring at each other. They didn't say a word. (laughs) (laughs) What could you say to this? (laughs) And they just keep going. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. Uh, Like... Okay, they're still wedding planning. <laughs> and Dawn's like, a four-tier cake so that you can have, save the top tier for yourselves like they do in books and there'll still be enough cakes for all the guests. They also have ideas on cake toppers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there is nothing that these 13-year-olds are not covering here. It's amazing. Yeah, it is hilarious and like extremely believable. Yeah. Yes. Like, 
Karen, if 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 one of your parents had married one of my parents, can you imagine how absolutely like insufferable we would have been planning trying to plan every detail of the wedding? This this is a this is a fanfic scenario that has never occurred to me prior. And I'm not sure I'm hundred percent comfortable with it, but I am slightly intrigued at the thought of I'm Margaret not... and Tom or Patricia and Jeff getting married. Ignoring the fact that each of our sets of parents are like alive and happily married and everything. I'm just thinking like the two of us have a tendency to let things run away with us <laughs> like as a pair. This is why we uh, <laughs> run a podcast together. This is why we invented the harmonica verse. So yes. we don't have to foist our weird ideas on the actual universe that exists with real people in it. Exactly. They've gone full harmonica verse here. Um, and I'm just saying I could absolutely see us having done the same thing at 13. Like this is... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, well... At 13, this would have been my only reference point for wedding planning. So yeah, I would have gone full, like, Marianne and Dawn on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pink azaleas! <laughs> I need some babysitting charges so that they can be in the wedding. <laughs> yes. Um, oddly enough, their parents are not at all on board with having their wedding micromanaged by a pair of 13-year-olds. <laughs> Our parents finally found their voices. Now wait up, Dad began, just as Mrs. Schaefer said, girls. They glanced at each other, holding a quick conversation with their eyes. At last, Dawn's mom said, girls, we aren't going to have a wedding or a reception. What? I cried. <laughs> um, they actually are going to have a wedding. I think they sort of over, like, sensationalized this by saying, we're not yeah. getting married. Um, they They just... What they mean is they're going to get married in the courthouse. That's a wedding. Yeah, that's a wedding. Yeah. I guess she means they're not having a ceremony. Yeah. But yeah, they don't have a big party and that's totally fine. But I mean, you can you can still do, you can have a nice little thing at the courthouse yeah. if you want. I think they're just trying really hard to like smush the girls down before this gets any more out of <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Which is girls. understandable. We've talked this over, said Mrs. Schaefer, and we've decided we'd rather save the money for your college educations. Darn, said Dawn sulkily. I was hoping to get to ride through Stony Brook in a limo. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, Yeah, they're like, do you know how expensive a big wedding and reception would be these days? Uh, Probably less than it is now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Marianne and Dawn are basically anticipating like the Watson and Liz wedding Mm. and... Nobody points out that Watson is a millionaire, but like, and still got married in his backyard yes. on a, like a very short time scale. So it probably didn't cost as much as like yeah. it might have done otherwise. So. I mean, also the thing is though, I did a kind of sit there. Like, I reckon that that Mister Spears has could pay for Marianne's college education three times over in very sensibly invested stocks she's gonna get she's gonna go to college in the 90s because (laughs) like he's he's a successful lawyer yeah they don't have cable television like he's not a big spender in this marianne is just like oh he's gonna get a new suit he i I don't remember the last time he got a new suit and like he wears a suit every day to work yeah and he hasn't bought new shoes in years. They probably are new. They just all look the fucking same. So Marianne can't tell the difference. But like, yeah. I just, you know, I, I just, he seems like a really frugal person. 
Yeah, I don't think it's really a financial issue that's why not. they're not having a big wedding. He just doesn't no, want they a big don't wedding. want one. And I think that's also that's really fine. fair. But I, I, I just yeah. was like, that's an excuse. <laughs> We're doing it for Saving you for guys. College is yeah. nonsense. They are not. Yeah. I think we, we're saving the money for your college education is just a convenient parental excuse for not paying for anything you don't feel like paying Pretty for. Much, yeah. <laughs> they have rich, doting grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Who are not at all in evidence in this. No. Yeah, they're they're really in the background. Uh, yeah. and, you know, actually fair enough, because they kind of rejected Richard's yeah, beer. So like, that's true. <laughs> they can sit at the back and eat hot dogs. <laughs> and humble pie. <laughs> and humble pie. <laughs> Oh yeah, then we get a, a bombshell at the end of the chapter though, um, which is the Dawn says they should share her bedroom when Marianne and her dad move into the farmhouse. And Marianne is like, move into the what now? <laughs> Jared Mulray's farmhouse? <laughs> Your haunted farmhouse? <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, Dawn knows that they're moving in and Marianne does not. Yeah. This does not go down well. Weirdly enough, though, Marianne gets mad at Dawn about it. Yes, Dawn, whose fault this definitely isn't. Yeah. I guess Dawn is handy and also Dawn is in a position of knowing more than Marianne. She's also mad at the parents, but yes, she's mostly yeah. mad at Dawn. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, no, it's not rational. And like, she makes Dawn cry like a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel really bad for because like this really isn't Don's fault but like like Don had no idea Marianne didn't know so she like screams at her and screams at the parents um, and fl- flips out about Mrs. Schaefer wanting to get rid of Tigger which again is something that has only happened in Marianne's <laughs> head yeah <laughs> and when Don whispered to me you know my da- mother doesn't hate cats she doesn't like them much I replied she does too hate them <laughs> yeah that, that conversation <laughs> yeah okay marianne you just want to be mad right now every everybody knows this it's there's no point talking to marianne right now marianne is in cut a bitch mode bitches are getting cut (laughs) yes she flips out and she's very upset and her dad is surprisingly patient with her considering Mm -hmm. like his girlfriend just had to flee the house basically (laughs) i think he knows he realizes he fucked up though yes like Mm -hmm. it's like oh dear uh yeah basically he knew she wasn't gonna like hearing it so he put off telling her and then it was too late which yeah that was an extremely predictable outcome so yeah so meanwhile over at the arnold's house sisters are not getting on (gasps) a shock turn of events my god there's gonna be two books of those guys i know right (laughs) presumably the arnold's aren't gonna be as prominent in the next one (laughs) God, I hope not. <laughs> they're they're doing the masking tape thing again. Um, now Marilyn is outside the room and can't get in. <laughs> it's like the Sims again. Why is yes. the Sims such a like an important <laughs> reference point for this episode? <laughs> All you need to do is put a chair awkwardly in the middle of the room and she'll just never be able to navigate She's around it. Standing outside going rrr, rrr, and kicking her feet and being angry. <laughs> and eventually she'll die. Yes. She'll die of exhaustion because she can't get to her bed and that's the only place you can sleep. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Marianne does a ballsy high stakes maneuver here, which is that she tells the Arnold twins that they should totally just 
decide to have separate bedrooms because there's lots of extra rooms in the house and their parents will totally be cool with it. Yeah. Which is quite a decision to make on behalf of somebody else's household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but luckily, Mrs. Arnold uh, absolutely goes for it because she realizes it's an opportunity to redecorate and buy new homewares. And like, initially I was really judgy when I read that sentence and then I realized I would have had exactly the same response in her position. So like, I would have been all over the Ikea app and like... Yeah. 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 So they clearly have, they have the girls' room, they have a guest room and they have a sewing room. Yeah. Which is, I think, the equivalent of the box room uh, in in an Irish household. And um, so they, they do actually have the space, which is good... Because, yes, as you say, very, very high stakes. Her eyes light up when she gets to, yeah, redecorate the girls' rooms. Although they don't let her do the redecorating. (laughs) No, the girls insist on choosing. But then she gets to redecorate their old room as the new guest room. So Mm -hmm. it's fine. She's happy. Everyone gets to redecorate her room. Yeah. um, It's a happy ending for everyone. There's a, it's a bizarre sequence, okay? So... In a normal Babysitter's Club book with a B plot, I would expect there to be Mary Ann suggests they have, they they choose new rooms and Epiphany and they decide to have new rooms. Yeah. Then there would be another chapter of something else. Yeah. In this one, that fixes it. we just, yeah, Stacy shows up as the next babysitter again at the Arnold's house in the next chapter. Yeah. And it's all resolved. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> yep. Like, like, it's just straight from one to the next it's it's jarring (laughs) yeah it's oddly like it's oddly paced you're right there normally would be a dividing chapter of a plot in between these two but like clearly they just wanted to get this over with Um, (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah so carolyn is in what was the sewing room i think no that's marilyn Marilyn. Marilyn. is the preppy oddly hard to define child Yes. And yes, she's got the sewing room. Carolyn's room is insane and I love it. Um, <laughs> it's it's aggressively cat themed. She's got a cat bedspread, two pillows in the shape of cats, the wallpaper is blue and white striped and the curtains and wastebasket match and the wastebasket has pointy cat ears and a furry cat tail. I wanted this as a kid. I wanted that bin. I was like, that is brilliant. It is amazing. Why does a bin have ears? If you could buy a cat theme bin, I would absolutely get one for my daughter. She would love a cat theme yeah, bin. Yeah, she would love that. <laughs> she would be all over it. I'm not super into cats, but like... That's great. It's adorable. Like Just the idea of a bin that has ears and a tail. Yeah, a bin with ears and a tail. Why wouldn't you want that? Yes. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I also love that um their mom did try to like get them like ugly oh, yes. floral themed bedrooms, but then remembered that she'd promised they could choose their own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice um, try mrs arnold she tried she said mommy wanted me to get pink flowered everything said carolyn and she wanted me to get blue flowered everything added marilyn but then she remembered that she told us we could choose whatever we wanted like oh my god <laughs> that was the whole premise of this oh. <sighs> but yes they, they she got to decorate the other room so everybody gets a room and Poor Mr. Arnold has to presumably foot the bill for all of this, but it's fine. (laughs) Maybe he has a man cave that isn't included in the list of rooms in this house. He definitely has a man cave. (laughs) Um, So then Stacy reflects that now that the twins have got a bit of space from each other, they are getting on better and somehow moving apart can make you grow closer. 
it was something to think about. Not for Stacy though, because Stacy never has to put up with the sibling bullshit ever. No. <laughs> But Stacy's been reading the diary and she knows that everyone's thinking about sibling rivalry this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, the club notebook is how you learn the themes of the novel. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, imagine if, like, every Monday Christy would, like, sit down and tell them the theme of the week. This week we're all talking about ear piercings. <laughs> I want you to put your thoughts down in the notebook. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. She would have been violently deposed before now. (laughs) (laughs) They've tried. They had to have new elections. God. Then the, yes, the twins have now, now they get on fine because they have some space and it's all good. And Carolyn says that Marilyn is allowed in their club and it's all grand. Well, Um, she's allowed in their club on probation provided she doesn't boss them around. (laughs) Yes. She's got like three weeks. Yeah. And a, like whoever is it Marianne or Stacy who's like, Well, that's better than nothing, so we'll take it. It's Stacy, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that'll do. <laughs> this is above their pay grade, so Exactly. Stacy and Claudia are talking about Gazi Kunka and mm-hmm. Stacy has a blinding moment of insight where she realizes that maybe Gazi Kunka doesn't <laughs> exist at all. <laughs> I was really hoping that we would have a chapter where Gauzy Conker turns out to be a real life, like, exchange student. <laughs> From unspecified foreign. <laughs> Hungary. <laughs> or Thailand or anywhere. Like, it's completely wrong for both of those places. Yeah, unfortunately, she's already named Gauzy Conker. And there is no language where those are names, probably, so... <laughs> Probably not, yeah. Yes, Marianne admits that she has in fact been a chump. Correct! <laughs> yeah. I should have known, I just should have known, a foreign dignitary's daughter named Gauzy Kunka living in Stony Brook. How could I have been so naive? Donald? Yes, Marianne, how could you? Have we not had an imaginary friend before now? Yes, the, the super brat. Yeah. Yes. Didn't exist. Is that not, was there not even more? Because like... I, I can't think of examples, but I feel like this John. So those are the no, two yeah. extremes of fake names you make up on the spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's either John yes. or Gauzy Conga. <laughs> you split the difference and call them George Glass. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, Esther, you did like a dissertation on imaginary friends. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, it was a dissertation on play, but I heavily quoted from a book on imaginary friends because it was hilarious <laughs> where do they did they um stand on the gauzy conca <laughs> like the, uh, giving them stupid names the only one i can remember off the top of my head was the kid whose imaginary friend was a couch caster called johan who had a really dramatic life and people were always trying to like abduct johan and stuff it was, it was very like full of drama, um, but the person That's had very funny. fond memories of Johan. It was never clear whether there was actually a couchcaster who was named Johan and given this personality, or if the couchcaster itself was imaginary. Like the, the, <laughs> the book was not clear on that detail. Oh my god! I assumed there was a real couchcaster, but it's even more impressive if the couchcaster itself was imaginary. <laughs> yes, there was also a kid whose imaginary friend was like a businessman who came by to visit on trips from Portland. (laughs) 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 On business trips. 
know it's so so square (laughs) it was brilliant it was it was a very entertaining like a serious academic tome (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yes then oh yeah the a plot uh Don and Marianne have patched things up again um, off screen. Mm-hmm. So, similarly to the Arnolds, everyone's just decided this has gone on long enough. So <laughs> Marianne think... literally just says, since I'd had time to calm down about moving into her house, we were friends again. I feel like simmering down kind of is sometimes a thing that you just do when you're like, I'm not mad about it. I'm not as mad as I was. And now I feel kind of stupid. So maybe we might just pretend this didn't happen. Yes, but you are meant to show, not tell, and not just be like, actually, I'd got over the huge dramatic events of the previous chapter. <laughs> yes, but Anna well, okay, yes, yes, right. made her word count, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, the ending of this definitely smacks of like, okay, we've got enough text here. Let's, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, Marianne is feeling better. Mrs. Schaefer has petted Tigger. She is, in fact, looking forward to redecorating. She's going to have a separate room at Dawn's because we've learned that separate bedrooms are the key to sisterly solidarity. Dawn is really pushing for them to share a bedroom. Yes. Which I'm... So, now, I remember the next book reasonably well. Uh, And I'm not sure how spoilery I should be. But basically, it all hinges on the pair of them sharing a room and it not going that great. And I was like astonished to discover that it's actually Dawn who wanted this. Yeah. Um, Because it's also Dawn who decides that it's no longer tenable. Like, Dawn, make your mind up. <laughs> Marianne is just like a, become a kind of a patsy in this whole thing. Like, she just, <laughs> she has no, no agency here. Come on. Um, so, yeah, I have, um, uh, Dawn has this fantasy about sisters who could we could stay up late at night and talk with the lights out? We could share secrets. We could do our homework together. Isn't that what sisters do? I've always wanted a sister. Me too. I confessed. So why don't we share our my room? Like apart from the fact that she's fucking terrified of your room. Yeah, I was gonna say she can't <laughs> sit in your room. How's she gonna sleep in it? It's got a ghost in it. Yes, they're making plans. Um, Marianne is starting to feel excited. Would you mind having Tigger in the room at night? He always sleeps with me. And Dawn's like, no, no, that's fine. So like, cat is not the problem here. Um, so yeah, they're they're making plans to move into the room together. Uh, I, maybe it's just me who like has a sense of foreboding about, about this whole thing. <laughs> well, I look forward to watching this unspool violently in the yeah. next book. Yeah, you know, I can see that they're doing good compromising though, because you know they're they're each of them is going to have some of their furniture in the room. Marianne gets to bring her cat in, and Don gets to bring her ghost in. Like, <laughs> That's how you share a space. Yeah. Also, like, literally, this it's not going to be like that. No. Literally, they could do every single thing they listed there, except staying up at night and in, like and talking in the dark, except they could still do that by going quietly to one another's rooms. Yes. <laughs> like, literally, you could do all of this without having to share a small space. Yeah. So rereading this, I was like, the only explanation I have for this is that Dawn is... Oh, sorry. The only psychological justification I have for this <laughs> is that um, Dawn is missing Jeff. Yeah. Um, And that it's a, it's a whole big, like, wanting to recreate some kind of sibling dynamic. She also did not share a room with Jeff when they yeah. lived no. together. <laughs> yeah, I think they're... 
they're just kind of romanticizing the whole idea of like mm-hmm. being sisters tm yeah yeah and it's gonna bite them in the ass yeah it it sure is <laughs> They agree that um, it's a good thing they don't have to plan a whole full-on wedding uh, because it would be a lot of work for them. (laughs) Especially since it's happening like next week. Yes. They go dress shopping with Sharon. (laughs) They look into a shop called Zingies. Zingies! (laughs) Which Sharon vetoes because it's pure punk. Guys, Zingies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They try Bel Air's department store, which has nothing... um, Talbot's also has nothing. I don't know anything about either of these shops, but clearly they are fusty. Yeah. Um, uh, Sharon took one step inside Zingy's and backed out, pulling us with her. No way, young lady, she said to Dawn. This place is pure punk. Oh my God. Sharon aged like 40 years <laughs> yep. in my mind. <laughs> I know. This I'm also imagining that actually Zingy's is basically like Asha. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just like the only goth shop alternative clothing place in this small town and it's actually pretty tame it's it's got some band t-shirts i don't think a place called ziggy's could actually be punk no (laughs) it's such a cute name that sounds like a cartoon zebra to me (laughs) that's what i think of when i hear ziggy's like that's not punk (laughs) i suspect that Either Anne or her adult characters do not actually know what punk is. Yeah. <laughs> it has not arrived in Stony Brook, whatever it is. The word is bandied about to mean sort of pop culture that I'm afraid of. Yes. <laughs> yes. I suspect, for all we know, this place is selling like neon shell suits or something. It's just like, <laughs> whatever is cool is punk and therefore bad. I mean, it's also not going to work for a wedding yeah well not this kind of wedding anyway i like i the only time we've heard the word punk previously is when stacy goes to a punk hairdressers in new york and tells him not to make it too punk and at least in new york you can presumably find at least one yes punk hairdressers that she might have accidentally wandered into she's like oh look i got a tattoo at the same time (laughs) but yeah i don't think zingy's in the mall in stony brook is like a hotbed of (laughs) <laughs> no, Zingies will go out of business in a few years when a hot topic opens. Yes, exactly. Aww. I feel bad for them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> justice for Zingies. They definitely have some kind of like fake tattoos. Yes. And also are the only place in town that you can get really white, white face goth makeup. Yes. And um, accessories that have like a cannabis leaf printed on them mm. yes that kids who definitely have no access to drugs can carry around to show that they're cool and edgy yes 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 like i'm thinking like yeah armbands yeah or like yeah. a little patch or something yes <laughs> definitely i like our elaborate zingy's head cannon <laughs> i don't know why they went in there looking for uh bridesmaids dresses though i actually have questions about that <laughs> It was probably a poor choice. Anyway, they decide to dress head to toe in Laura Ashley and it'll be fine. (laughs) It's so disappointing. I know. Um, Dawn buys a Laura Ashley dress and Marianne decides to borrow Dawn's pre-existing Laura Ashley dress that she already owns in order to cement their sibling uh, relationship. And the cottagecore aesthetic of the non-wedding. Yes. (laughs) It's actually a wedding, though. It is it a wedding. Is, it is a wedding. Yeah. 
Then uh, Jeff Schaefer arrives from California. Um, Marianne is furious that all the invitations were done over the phone um, <laughs> instead of by mail. She says it's just awful. <laughs> She's been cheated. Jeff has done his thing of bringing all the like free crap from the airplane, uh, including a plastic fork and an in-flight <laughs> magazine. I love that he always does this. And soap he took out of the bathroom. Yes, which he presented to his mother with great fanfare. <laughs> I think cute. I would be quite pleased if my child did that. <laughs> you know what my mum likes? Soap. <laughs> Although, it's clearly stolen. You actually shouldn't take that out of the what? airline bathroom. It Communal <laughs> airport soap <laughs> that everyone's washed their hands in. Yeah. It's different if it's from a hotel and it was plastic wrapped when you yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, just occurs to me. Okay, sorry. I wouldn't be happy. Just like a shared bar of soap. <laughs> And presumably a plastic fork that he used to eat his meal with. Yeah, probably. No, he didn't eat the meal. It's fine. He just brought all the extra bits. <laughs> yeah. He didn't eat the meal because there was a fake hijacking and it was too traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have some excruciating awkwardness between Jeff yeah. and Richard Spear. <laughs> uh, because Jeff is insisting on calling him Sir. Uh, and Richard is like, oh, you can call me Richard or whatever feels most comfortable. And Jeff continues to call him Sir. Well, I guess that's what feels most comfortable. Yep. <laughs> Jeff and Richard have barely met up to this point. Yeah. They suddenly realise. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah. like, that's pretty awkward. I think it, I I feel like they continue to just not see each other at all. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be a big thing because like they very rarely interact. It's grand. They live on two different, they're technically stepfather and like stepson but they won't see each other that often it'll eventually thaw a bit they'll never be close it's fine all right um it's wedding day as marianne says Woo! she announces that dad and i will never be lonely again we would never be facing the world alone together again oh my god it's um going to the chapel and we're <laughs> literally the line is and we'll never be lonely anymore Ooh. except it's like me, my dad. <laughs> Me and my dad are getting married today. Yay! <laughs> That's very strange. Yeah, stay in your lane, Mary. <laughs> she has not been in her lane at all this whole book. No, no. This, is, this is her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has lost all concept of her lane. Um, she is very excited about um, sharing a room with Dawn, discussing girl problems with Sharon, seeing what a table for 20 will look like at Shea Maurice. <laughs> It's not that exciting to see what a table for 20 looks like. Picture a table for 10. Double it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that, but more inconvenient. And you definitely can't hear what the people at the far end are talking about. Yeah. Yes. Very difficult to have a good conversation at. Yeah. There you go. Kind of crap, really. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Two two tables of 10 would have been better. Um, Claudia comes over and does minimalist makeup on her. Mm -hmm. And then her dad gives her a pearl necklace that belonged to her mother that he was saving for her 16th birthday, but he gives it to her today. Um, it's very emotional. Mm -hmm. Then Dawn and Marianne are all excited to see each other all dolled up and Jeff stands around awkwardly <laughs> and, and I feel bad for him. <laughs> mm. Then they go to the chapel. <laughs> Because they're gonna get married. <laughs> oh yeah, the triplets cause a fuss because there's a stained oh glass window of a scantily clad angel. Yeah. <laughs> the, the twins' minds are blown. Anytime you have the triplets, you know they're going to 
lower the tone to the absolute <laughs> base level. I love that Marianne's reaction to this is just be like, oh my god, everything that needs to be covered is covered. I should tell <laughs> Mallory not to let them go to an art gallery until they're 20. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was a good response. Yeah. Yeah. So the the actual guests at this wedding are, they're the, the couple who are getting married, their children their children get to invite a whole crew. So the whole Babysitter's Club <laughs> yeah. is invited. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Pike triplets are invited, presumably so that, because, like, Jeff wants They're his Jeff's friends. They're Jeff's guests, yeah. 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 Um, and there's, like, some line about how, oh, you could probably invite your friends from work or something. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Richard and Sharon have no friends. <laughs> Except for their friends from work. This feels like it was actually written by a 13-year-old who has no concept of their parents having an inner life <laughs> yes. or a social yes. life. Yeah, like, it, I... Don's grandparents are sort of vaguely there. Oh yeah, like... they're there as well. I guess Richard's parents are just dead. We just haven't heard about them at all. I kind of assumed, to be honest, as I read this, that like they did have friends and they were there. But Marianne just doesn't care. Marianne doesn't care because like she like really, why would you mention them when you can talk about the members of the Babysitters Club and the Pike Triplets? <laughs> that that's a point. The more I actually it's just occurred to me as we talk about this, that like, I'm starting to think Richard and Sharon got married like about six weeks ago. (laughs) And they are now, they've realised they should not have done that without consulting their teenage daughters. And they're staging a fake wedding (laughs) to allow them to like, (laughs) they were like, listen, porters, just don't, don't say, say nothing. Okay. Like, (laughs) this is entirely for the girl's benefit. Yeah, nobody is to tell them about this. <laughs> let them invite whoever they want. They can wear whatever. Like, just shh, let's just get let's just get past this. <laughs> yeah, I I buy it. Um, then Marianne has the horrifying realization that uh, Richard and Sharon getting married means they're going to kiss in public Ooh. one time. She is so horrified. She starts crying and wipes all her makeup off by mistake. Claudia is not impressed. <laughs> yeah. She spends the entirety of the ceremony trying to get rid of all the rest of the makeup and then gets to the end of it and was like, oh, they're married now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I do quite like that um, Sharon rejects the notion of being given away yes. by her father. Yes. Um, which, I mean, apart from the fact that she was married previously. So yeah. that'd be weird. That that is weird. Um, but it says she didn't like uh, she didn't like the idea of being given away in the first place, as if she was something someone owned, and also she and Dad want to keep the service as simple as possible. That hadn't occurred to me actually at the time. Yeah, I read this, so that was quite a good like, you know, ah, oh, you don't have to have that kind of ceremony. Um, <laughs> let's uh, question the notion of women being property that gets transferred from one man to another. <laughs> Also, when my father and my new husband hate each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's just sidestep that whole issue. Fair. So they go to Chez Maurice. They see what a table for 20 looks like. It's like a big table. Marion is very excited. Uh, Sharon's something new is new underwear. This is the same joke that was made for Christie's mom. Yep. Yes. Or else both of them are just like, oh, I don't know. Here's the thing I, I bought new. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, Dad offers Sharon some of his veal at the meal. Uh, Sharon turns it down and Richard looks slightly hurt, which is 
I don't know what he was expecting. She's a vegetarian this week. Yeah. And veal is aggressively non-vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. like that's hardcore meat. That's, <laughs> that is not entry-level meat. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Then Marianne like scopes out what everybody else is eating because Don and Jeff were complaining there weren't enough vegetarian options and so she decides to keep tabs on this. She is in a mood. Mm. Um then she hears Sharon complaining about cleaning out Tigger's litter box every day. Uh, my headcanon at this point is that like that's not even what Sharon said. Probably not. <laughs> Marianne is just full on putting words in her mouth at this point. I mean, for all we know, like Sharon has actually been like, oh, Marianne is so good. She cleans out the litter box every day, Richard. God, she's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of a scenario that would result in you talking about cleaning out a cat litter tray at your wedding meal. Yeah. <laughs> this is Amazing. not a priority for Sharon. Like, I just, I don't believe Marianne here. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I mean, if they are actually talking about the cat litter tray at the wedding, it's a bad sign. <laughs> Everyone knows that's bad luck. <laughs> talk about that at the wedding dinner. So yeah, Marianne gets in a mood. Um, mm-hmm. Don gives her a silver barrette to celebrate the fact that they're now sisters. Marianne gets even more in a mood because she doesn't have a present for Don. This is in no way Don's fault. Oh my God, Don! How could yeah. you put me in this position? And then Sharon throws the bouquet and Don and Marianne jump for it and there's a freeze frame and it's to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. I actually don't know who caught it. I kind of don't care either. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think either of them is actually going to be the next person to get married. So they're 13. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although if there aren't any adult guests at it, then maybe they are. <laughs> so yeah, that's the book. It's it's light on actual events. But it, yeah, it clearly is like setting up for a two-parter. It's it's half a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you know, that's fair enough. Like, I'm looking forward to reading the next one and watching all of this explode in spectacular fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I like the babysitters less as we go along and I enjoy watching them kind of squirm more. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to watch them be their worst selves, generally. <laughs> it does. Make it entertaining. Yeah. Like Marianne just being petty and unreasonable was kind of fun to watch. I was I was sort of, you know, munching popcorn. Yeah. Actually, Karen, uh, do you want to give us a definitive verdict on whether everyone is terrible? Unfortunately, I don't think everyone is terrible. Um, I think most people are sort of irritatingly human in this. <laughs> um, Karen Brewer, bizarrely, is terrible. So terrible. Like, oh, she also, though, she she recognises that she is the villain and she cries over that. So, I mean, there's... Not irredeemable. She's not irredeemable, but like... Yeah, she has a redemption arc. Yeah, she has a very, very short redemption <laughs> arc. <laughs> and the child who was wronged has forgotten about it by the time that Karen has, like... But even so, yeah, she's she's as the worst we've ever seen her, yeah. and she is like literally wreck. She's been banned from the local park, so <laughs> yeah, she's about as bad a seven year old villain as you're going to find out there. Um, oh no, everyone else is like annoying, and I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, <laughs> but they're mostly fine. Like they're grand. Even Christy is fine. I I feel like um the twins are a bit terrible. Uh, the twins are just going through some stuff. 
I guess. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to babysit them. Oh no, I wouldn't want to babysit them right no. now. Um, but like, I don't even want to babysit my own children who I love dearly at times. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I think they're probably, yeah, they get over shit faster than these, this pair of eight year old, like, grudge holders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Marianne's a bit terrible. Y- yeah. She's, she's hard going. <laughs> her, her whole weird thing about call, calling Sharon a sleazy old slag or whatever yeah <laughs> what i wish dawn had been like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> please elaborate on this <laughs> and it's not that she even called her that it's that she was mad at dawn for implying that she was trying to call her that uh, which is not what dawn did no it's it's so much there's so many layers of bafflement it's- yeah it's a very, very strange interlude. Yes. <laughs> and I just feel like we, we, yeah, we broached Marianne's psyche more than we were supposed to yes. just there. Yeah. With that, just, just that one word sleazy. Oh my God. Who was it that called someone, was it Marianne called Jesse sexy in a previous Yeah. Movie? Yes. What the <laughs> fuck, Marianne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff going on. Yeah. I feel like later in life, Marianne is teaching third grade in Laura Ashley dress by day and <laughs> is a, like, an Elvis impersonating drag king by night. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, I just want her to have a, like, there's just more going on under the surface. Yes. Marianne. Yes. She's a complicated woman. <laughs> Can we talk about some outfits? I'm tired. We've got, yeah, yeah, we've got some outfits. Let's see. Claudia's wearing layers, a shocking pink tunic over a white shirt with pink and yellow umbrellas printed on it. Over the tunic is a wide, low-slung yellow belt with a pink plastic buckle. The shirt, but not the tunic, was tucked into a pair of black knickers and below the knickers were yellow stockings. The, the word knickers is what's um, yeah, really confusing I, me there. I, I was like trying to picture the rest of it, but like... It's knickerbockers. Like knickerbockers. Yeah. Even that is a Sunday to me. <laughs> like, no, like, the, like little Lord Fauntleroy, like little poofy pants. Yeah, like knee, knee breeches. Yeah. Breeches. Yes. Knee breeches. Knee breeches. This outfit is deranged. I thought it was something like that, but I couldn't get past. So in Ireland, knickers is underwear. Underpants. Yeah. Underwear. Women's underpants. Yeah. Winter, women's. Yeah. And I think. That is probably also the technical term in like fashion sense in like, like if you, if you go into um, Victoria's Secret anywhere in the world <laughs> and ask for knickers, you're probably going to get like ladies underwear that isn't a thong. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in America, it's, it's knee breeches. Yeah. So she's wearing knee breeches and yellow yes. stockings and plastic accessories and this is definitely one of the ones that Anne pulled out of a catalogue. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's classic Claudia. Um, and that's really all there is to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it would probably play quite well on Instagram right now. But yes. that but, all that know. means is that it would get a lot of reactions. I mean, I don't think I'd wear the whole outfit, but actually I would love knee britches to be a thing you could just get i would love to just wear tweed knee britches oh like plus fours yeah yeah i would be into that i'm picturing her her black knickerbockers as being like velvet very little lord yeah yeah like she's a prince oh my god 
Actually, I saw a, I think it was a TikTok or something, I saw it on Tumblr, where there was, uh, someone had dressed in the velvet, it was velvet knickerbockers and a white lacy blouse and velvet, uh, some sort of fancy velvet jacket over it and a velvet, and she had kind of blonde shoulder length hair, sort of velvet cap. And she was really perplexed because an, an elderly neighbour had come up to her and said, you look like one of those little murdered British boys. And she had no <laughs> idea what the woman meant. But she looked exactly <laughs> like, like like that painting of the princess in the tower. Exactly yes. like yeah. that painting. <laughs> and like the comments of us were just full of people being like, it's it's this painting. It's This is what she meant by that, those murdered British boys. I mean, she's not wrong, but like, like devoid yeah. of context, that is an yeah. absolutely terrifying thing to go up and say to someone. It's such a reasonable thing to say, given the outfit. Yes. Why was she dressed like one of the princes in the tower in the first place? The aesthetic, I guess. <laughs> Victorian vampire aesthetic. It's a thing. <laughs> Little murdered British boy, isn't it? <laughs> Little murdered British boy. Oh my God. All right. Um, yeah, then we have a lot of Laura Ashley... Um, Sharon's wearing a flapper dress, which sounds rad. Yeah. Dawn is wearing a sort of hip sailor dress with ankle boots, which I like. Yeah. I'm here for that. I, um, yeah. I don't know that Laura Ashley ever sold that. But yeah, okay. Sorry. I'm not familiar with your entire back catalogue. God, Karen. You're the one who does the research for this show. <laughs> I, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know research Possibly because I couldn't wrestle my phone off my six-year-old. <laughs> I thought Sharon's dress was both like extremely 1920s and also extremely 1980s at the same time. <laughs> I quite liked that. Um, it's got like, it's pink and it has a drop waist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably, it's quite now as well. You could totally get away with it. Um, yeah. No, it's, I like yeah, it. Yeah, with beaded design all over it. It sounds really good. I like it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I like the choice of pink for a second wedding dress too. Yeah. I think, I think Sharon wins the fashion game yeah. this week. Yes. Sharon and Richard Spear are doing pretty well throughout this whole book. They yeah. like maintain a pretty like solid course throughout their, the whole of their deranged children's <laughs> yes, demands yes. and expectations. Yeah. They wrangle these girls pretty well. They do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's gonna do it probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um our next book is number thirty one, Dawn and the Wicked Stepsister. I am very excited for all the drama. <laughs> oh yeah. No foreshadowing in that title. Like No, not at all. It's gonna be about how they're best friends and they do their homework together and talk about boys. Yeah. And Jared Mulray pops up on the Ouija board and reacts gratifyingly to their anecdotes. I think all those things are true, Esther. <laughs> but like, <laughs> just, it's just the spin that you put on it. Is, you know. <laughs> um, hit us up on the social. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr as the podcast at Dawn's house. And we're on Twitter as at podcast Dawn. And you can also drop us an email at the podcast at dawn's house at gmail.com. Um, and also please rate and review us. You can do that on Apple podcasts and also now on Spotify. Uh, so if you listen on there, um, give us five stars, that would be amazing. (laughs) And I think that is everything. And in conclusion, what are some punchy words of wisdom to finish with? 
Can't go wrong with Shea Maurice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Shea Maurice. Even though they have a limited selection of vegetarian dishes. <laughs> but it's the only show in town, so what are you going to do? Go to the diner? I don't think so. <laughs> Facebook post from Anna Martin uh, today or yesterday about how when she was working with David Sedaris, he worked on the books there for a while. No, no, David Levithan. Sedaris. David Sedaris is the memoirist guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I want to read a Babysitter's Club David Sedaris crossover. Oh my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Everyone's on drugs. 